He's the man in the back of the room. Y con la voz de Dios. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, CEOs where to go, and stars when to shine. But as he likes to point out, Who cares? I care. It's true, she cares. And so does he. He's entertainment and production agency owner and meeting and event master, Anthony Bellotta. She's his Agent 99, and you're about to be Bellottified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified, the one, the only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here as I am every week with the delicious, always optimistic Alexia Cristina Postalidis. Say, I'm getting really good at that, Alex. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So, what's on your mind today? Well, I'm glad you asked, because as you know, we Greeks invented parties and rituals. We know. So this morning, I woke up thinking, I woke up saying the same thing this morning. <laughs> Did you? It's a mouthful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it means the kufeta must always be in odd numbers. And what is the kufeta? So I think this happens at a lot of weddings. I, I mean, I mostly go to Greek weddings, but um, you know the Jordan almonds and they're wrapped in the netting? Oh, yes. Right? Okay, yes. so they're given out as party favors. And they have to be wrapped in odd numbers. So when a bride is getting married, she will have a kufeta wrapping party. And all the bridesmaids and the women get together and they do this. And the reason it has to be wrapped in odd numbers is because odd numbers are indivisible. And that symbolizes the couple will never be divided. Oh. Right? Fabulous. Isn't that awesome? And then the single ladies and or girls, even if you're young, will take that kufeta after the wedding, go home and put it underneath their pillow and they will dream of their husbands to be. Now, this is great because it sets us up to be disappointed at a very young age. But am I? Because there's really, because those kofetas have absolutely no power whatsoever. No. Oh, well, no, well, no. Yeah, they actually do because, um, well, the meaning behind the, the superstition behind it does because it, the uh, Athena's kufetha wrapping party one of the bridesmaids was drinking just a too much uzo and she wasn't paying attention and she wrapped them in even numbers this was not good the single ladies who had the even numbered kufetha put them under their pillow but instead of drawn in the man's they drew in bed bugs. So there was oh. an infestation of bed bugs. Oh now this is going to completely throw off the Greek wedding season, which is tragic, right? Oh my Lord. I'm itchy. When, just well, that's just it. This. When one Greek gets, you know, gets engaged, it sets off a domino effect and like 10 follow suit. And then, you know, you can't have a bunch of itchy, scratchy bridesmaids. So it, it, it's bad. So what the Yayas did, they got wind of this. Uh -huh. They went to the bridesmaid responsible for the even wrapped kufeta, they made her redo them. Then they dispersed all across town 
handing out the newly wrapped kufetha to all of the bridesmaids who have the wrong ones. And then each yaya spit on the kufetha and the bridesmaid three times, tu tu tu, and the infestation miraculously wow. cleared up. You know, where would the Greeks be without yayas? I just I, don't know. It, they, they wouldn't be here today. We, we wouldn't There'd be know. no stories. Right? Civilization, parties, and rituals would end as we know it. Would, would end as we know it. Yes, Absolutely. We <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. And please be warned, all of you who are preparing your kafeta for your weddings, uh, odd numbers only. Odd numbers only. So, so, my friend, what are you thinking about today? I'm glad you asked. Let's get tipsy. It's time for the tip of the day. All right. So my tip today, because of our guest, is, well, we all know that everybody likes to play. Everybody likes to play. I swear, if you look at anybody's cell phone, there's a game on there that people twiddle away doing. So it's exciting. And it can also, I'm talking about play, can also exhilarate an event. The prizes don't need to be noteworthy because the fun will be. Now, although in some circumstances, prizes can and should be of value, like if you're in, at an incentive or a fundraiser, but they don't have to be again. And remember, it just takes a little imagination to insert a little play into any event. We could be talking about table trivia, branded brain teasers, all the way up to a full-fledged TV game show. Now, um, this can be done very simply, as I said. I just was the recipient of this at my birthday party where 30-some-odd trivia questions were written by two very lovely people, and the guests of my party had to answer the trivia questions correctly to be considered my BFF. It was a great game. People loved it. And uh, we share that with you today for you to use. Our tip of the day Let's play, because play will make the day. Okay, before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe. Go ahead, we'll give you a sec. Why, thank you! Okay, that's all I have. My my work is done here now. Well, then I think it's time to bring on our guest. Please. Shall we? So excited. Me too. So when our guest was 15, a fight started in the halls of her high school. I love but this. instead of finding an adult to break it up, she absorbed the energy of the growing crowd and motivated buyers. She busted out her box of Tootsie Pops that she was selling for the Spanish club fundraiser and sold them all in 10 minutes. It was the it was at this moment that she realized she loved crowds and loved sales. And then in 2008 she started her FaceTime coaching company. In 2021 she wrote Sales Tales, The Hustle, Humor and Lessons from a life in sales. She also volunteers for Junior Achievement San Diego in the museum school and is on the board of directors for the California Hotel and Lodging Association Hospitality Foundation. And with all that she accomplishes, she manages to make herself, her family and friends, 
and her health, her main priorities, which I very much admire. Please welcome the hardworking and lighthearted Mandy Graziano. Hey, that's Italian. I, I, first of all, what an introduction. And second, I learned so much. Uh, Anthony, happy birthday. I don't know when that was, but happy birthday. When Thank was your you. birthday? It was November 8th, and oh. it was a big one, a big six zero. Well, mm. Happy big milestone birthday. Thank and you. Alex, geez Louise, those wedding traditions, they're so much different than my Croatian. My maiden name is Kabasic. It's when Anthony and I met many, many years ago. Uh, so our Croatian wedding traditions are so much different than the Greek wedding traditions, but there's still something. And they all, which is crazy, they all revolve around bringing single women luck. Like what a fallacy that was. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, like so throwing the bouquet, right? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Who cares if we ever get married? The boys or the girls? But yeah. <laughs> Like, why didn't we give any luck to the men? They probably needed it more than we did. <laughs> well, all I'm going to say is, you know, we talk about it being superstition. Um, I bucked superstition and some tradition, and I didn't have confetta at my wedding. And oh. now I'm divorced. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. To the Greek gods, we salute you. Yes, yes. <laughs> my mother's up there going, see? See? See what happens when so. you don't listen to me? Mm -hmm. Told you so. <laughs> Mandy, I have so many questions, but I have to start with how we normally start, and that is to get right into our icebreaker. Ten quick questions. Ten quick questions? Yay! I'm so ready. ready. Alex keeps time. I Thank ask you. questions. Are okay. you ready? Two minutes right on the clock. Okay. Crack my knuckles. Ready. Gotta go okay. real fast. Fast, fast, fast. Okay. Mandy Graziano, do you believe in miracles? Yes, of course. What do you love most about what you do? Everything, the speed, the pace, excitement. When was the last time you tried something new? Yesterday. What'd you do? <laughs> I tried to edit my video on Zoom. I'd never done that before. Good for you. I love somebody who tries something new. Thank you. What's the first word that comes to mind? when you think about you? Curious. Mm, oh, that's a good one. You know, they say curious kids end up being the most successful in life. Really? Uh-huh, curiosity is the thing that people need to be successful. That's what I've just read. Pick one, award show or beauty pageant? Award show. Okay, that's like six and six. There were yes. six and six on that one, Alex. What is the most memorable live concert show or festival you've ever experienced? We have to ask that. <sighs> Smashing Pumpkins, oh. 1999, Dublin, Ireland. The world was supposed to explode, and I went on a free trip that I wanted at a radio station, Dublin, Ireland. Wow. Wow. <laughs> What's that song? You're a rock star. Da, 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 da. Isn't hey that the song? You're, you're a rock star. star. Right. It's a game of, yeah. yeah. Play. Yeah, I don't yes, think so. good. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. Okay, what do you think about? when you're driving. I'm always thinking about marketing, some sort of marketing for the business. It just comes out of my brains. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that about you. I get that. That's a great thing. Everybody needs one of those. Uh, if Mickey Mouse weren't famous, would you have him over to your home for dinner? No. <laughs> 
Is that what you really wanted to say? <laughs> Mickey Mouse. It just creeps me out. No. He's not welcome. He's a mouse. Who wants a mouse at the dinner table? Exactly. Uh, have you ever done drag? Uh, no. Well, I've gone to drag shows, but I've never done drag. I've never okay. worn drag. No. Something to do. Another new thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And number 10, what's the one thing you wish you could stop doing? my nails <gasps> i don't bite them i don't bite them with my teeth i just like trim them like i just you know i fidget with my hands Hand yeah fidgeting. yeah you're a fidgeter okay mm -hmm. you know what everybody has a little something yeah. thank you for sharing yours <laughs> thank you're you welcome you're welcome <laughs> so i bought sales tales the hustle oh, humor and lessons you. from a life in sales thank i you. meant to buy the book i bought the audio book instead oh, which i think is probably God giving me that, like just not taking the, giving me the option, taking it away and just delivering me that because it is fabulous. Oh, thank you. You know, the audio book actually has, is a little more updated than the, um, the regular book. Some time had passed. Like I finished, you know, the book was finished being edited in like August, 2021. And then I recorded the audio book in February 22. So, you know, there's a little, there's a little more updates in the, in the audio. Ah, yeah. Well, you use that COVID time wisely. It seems um, the book is really excellent and it's very um, it's disarming because mm -hmm. it, it really does make sales sound like fun and, uh, you do a really good job of eliminating the cringe when you say the word sales in Thank your you. book. And that's what it's really all about. It's it's and the fact that I got the audio book is just tremendous because you state in the beginning that you don't want to just read it. You want to deliver it in a way that's going to be meaningful and impactful. And you do Aww. your humor comes through from the very, very top of the book. And so thank you for that. Um, and, and this, I'd like to talk about sales since yeah. that is really your bailiwick. Uh, <laughs> you're so successful at it. We didn't name all of the awards that you've won, all the times that you've been one of the top salespeople in your organization or the top salesperson in your organization. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book and some of the, some of the top lessons that you'd like to communicate from it? Yeah, well, I'm really honored that you listened to the book and that you got out of the book exactly what I hope people would get out of it is that, you know, I grew up believing that salespeople were bullshitters and that it was embarrassing to sell something, but I always felt that spark in me, like, I wanted to present things to people and have them buy it. I always, I mean, I remember being even in college, I think I'm all of my girlfriends. We all get together before we went out to the bars and we're pre-drinking. And I found, I made a club sandwich and I wrapped it up. And then we made a couple of like three or four, we wrapped it up. And I was like, let's take these out to the bar and wrap them in three different ways and see which one sells. And it was just like this it was just a stupid activity that I didn't, now I understand that's merchandising, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that <laughs> right, back then. Right. 
And it was just a, you know, stupid human trick that, that we were doing, but it's, <laughs> but it was that fire inside of me that I was genuinely curious about people's buying behaviors. And that was just a series of experiments. And it started you know, way back when I was a little girl and it continues. Now I have a name for it, but I didn't then. So right. I'm really glad um, that you got that out of it. Cause I do really truly in the depths of my soul, believe that sales is important in life. And mm-hmm. I think we have to disarm the stigma of sales that's out there. We have to bring in more kids into sales. So we're not perfecting it in our forties. Um, we've got to perfect it earlier. I think mm-hmm. from a global market standpoint, in the United States, we're just, we don't practice sales as much as a lot of other countries do. And I know that because when I go into international buying situations, and I see people from different countries technically walking through the sales process so much better. It's like, I want to link my arm up and just join that person on that journey because it's so craftful and artful and beautiful um, where I think we're just a little more bullish here. We're not as polished in the United States. So I think we, you know, I wanted to disarm the stigma of sales, but I didn't ever really want to write a business book. Um, I thought I would write a fiction book because I've, I've had these journals with me. I've been carrying around these journals forever. And I have all these fun characters. I thought I would sketch. And um, I hired a writing coach and she was like, yeah, uh, you're not a fiction writer. And my heart just dropped because oh. I thought that's what I was going to do. And she was like, can you write about business? I was like, ah, that's Ugh. no fun. Like I do that all day. That's no fun. And she's like, please um, just consider writing a couple things about business. Because when I read your writing about business, it's more entertaining. And I hear your voice more mm-hmm. when you write about business. So I gave it a shot. And then before you know it, a sales book was born. But I really, I just felt like in life, especially right now, we needed so much. We need levity and we need fun. And so I wrote it with a humorous twist because I think we all in business have great, Mm -hmm. funny, funny stories. Um, And we can hear the bad stories through a fun light kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that, you know, the book was never supposed to be a business book. Uh, It ended up being a business book and it is fun and it hopefully does disarm the stigma of sales, which was the goal of it. It absolutely I want to add something here too about the importance of sales. Um, Cause I'm one of those people that if I have to try to sell something, I get that knot in my stomach, like, no, 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 I can't do it. But I agree with you that we need to teach it early on. Even if you don't go into a career in sales, even if you're promoting yourself, you are in fact selling yourself. And if you learn the art of that early on, you can be more successful just as an actor. That's the worst thing about it is having to promote or sell yourself. Mm-hmm. But if we learn that young, as when we're young, how much better off will we be? How much further ahead of the curve? Yeah. And it's like, if you think about even forget about selling yourself to you think about just persuasion in general, like when was the last time, if you can just think about when was the last time you wanted to persuade somebody to do something that you wanted them to do or You wanted to, you wanted to, you know, right now my husband and I are talking about a renovation and he, you know, if he, our house would just like completely look like the Ritz Bacara if, uh, if we had it this way and I I want our house to look like the W, like it's two totally different styles. Like he's like Spanish, Tuscan, like classic. And I'm like super modern. So there is a lot of negotiation going on with this, like 
What is it going to look like? Where's the wall going to be? What are the materials? It's just in life, we're constantly persuading and selling mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be cringy. So um, I appreciate you recognizing that when you talked about the book. And the other element there is that people have needs and you point this out. Mm-hmm. So you're really meeting people's needs. It's it's not selling if that's what you're doing and you're doing yeah. that in an authentic, honest, forthright way. Yeah, You're helping somebody to fulfill a need. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that's what we do where we work. And I'm sure that's what you do where you work. So it is less sales, more fulfillment, mm-hmm. if you will. I agree. Uh, it's it's important for us to remember that because you're so right. Young people come into the industry and the last thing they want to do is sales. I see it over and over, and I'm sure you do too. Operations, I want operations. And I think to myself, okay, but you're going to work a lot harder, a lot longer and make less. But if that's what you really want, I see a personality there and I see talent there to sell. Yeah. But if you want to do operations, have at it. You're going to knock yourself out doing it. What is your, what, what, what do you say? You know, it's funny because I, you know, I, I, um, I interact with a lot of young people all the time and that's just, you know, everybody wants to be an event planner and uh, that's great. It's really hard work. (laughs) I mean, that's how I started too, is really hard work and I don't mind hard work, but, um, there's just so many other ways to look at it. And it's, it's funny. Um, my cousin was visiting a couple years ago and he's a great storyteller and, great personality and a great listener, which I think a great salesperson is a great listener. And he had a totally different job in manufacturing. And he was up against all these college bills and all this other stuff. And I was like, why don't you consider going into sales? And he's like, I'm just, I'm just not that much of a BSer. I just can't do it. I'm like, where did you get this opinion from? And he's like, well, that's what my dad told me. And I'm like, that's cool story, bro. But your dad is 30 years older than you and things have changed and you don't know what his experiences are, but you've got that secret sauce. Like he just has that secret sauce. And I think a lot of people think that whether it's their parents or their siblings or somebody at some point down the road or TVs and, you know, um, right. They're stereotypical. They stereotype so much. It's like, it doesn't have to feel like that, but I do think there's a lot of outside influences that really create the archetype of a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way because really a good salesperson is just an educator and a listener. And an observer, yeah. I think to, to your point in the book um, and somebody who isn't afraid to take some risks and put themselves out there a bit, which you do brilliantly. I must mm-hmm. say some of your stories really did impress me. Uh, you, I can't remember what show this gal was on, but you reached her. She was on a reality show, a dating oh, show. The Millionaire you, Matchmaker. The Patty Millionaire. Stanger. Yeah. There you go, Patty Stanger. And would you just share that story with our listeners of how you found a new client in a, the most unorthodox way? <laughs> That's my favorite way to find clients. I know. Because uh, other clients for life, right? Like nobody right. else is hitting them up. So um, yeah, I was, I was just taking a break. I was watching Millionaire Matchmaker where Patty Stanger matches up the millionaires to the ladies and the ladies were being vetted. And in the process of vetting, they show a picture of her, of this person. And uh, the scroll, the caption underneath said, you know, first name of the person and her profession, Orange County. And I was like, 
so-and-so meeting planner, Orange County. So I went on the internet and I Googled her first name, meeting planner, Orange County, and it came up. I'm like, there she is. I see her. And so I called her. I called her 13 times over the course of many months. I never left a message. Uh, but after the first couple of times, I called the main number and I figured out that what her extension was through calling that. So then I would call back, like change the last four digits to what the extension was. And now I had her direct line. So the remaining calls I would call, she never answered. And one day she answered and she was annoyed. She was annoyed. Um, and but. I could tell uh, she, she, she was like, yes, <laughs> as we get, we all get <laughs> those, yeah, right? We all get the what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was prepared to be rejected. And she, I just said, okay, I have to hear about the date. <laughs> And she was like, what? Who is this? I'm like, I'm Mandy Graziano. I'm with HPN Global. I want to help you with your meetings. But first, I have to hear about the date. So then she told me about this date and how this guy was just, you know, bad news bears and how awful it was. And we kind of kibitzed back and forth about the, the episode because it showed her going on the date with the guy. And then she's like, OK, wait a minute. Who are you? I'm like, I'm Mandy Graziano. I specialize in sales kickoff meetings. I want to help you with your next meeting. She's like, Honestly, you were the first person that's tracked me down from that show that wasn't a creep or a pervert. So here's here's a meeting and here's what we do. And and I got a client. It was a great client. I still work with them. She's no longer there. She's a mother of a couple kids. And she stays at home, but I work with other people there. And I've had that client for, gosh, 11 years now. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, and it's fun. It can be fun. It can be fun to go out and find new clients. It doesn't it doesn't always have to be like a boring list or LinkedIn navigator. You know, you can find different fun ways mm -hmm. to, to interact with people. You, you tell people in your book, and by the way, we, we didn't clarify that what you do is you source hotels and venues for clients. Mm -hmm. uh, so we didn't make that clear. That's what you do. But you say in your book to look up. And to keep your antenna up because business is everywhere. And I love that because I say when I teach groups about design and entertainment to keep your eyes and ears open because you'll find something new if you just do that and you, mm. you know, you're aware. So I love look up, keep your antenna up. Business is everywhere. It is. It is. And how many times are we just in our phones? We're in line at the grocery. Some of the best things that have happened, <laughs> I've been in the line at the grocery and I'm just looking around and, and whether it's a funny story I can write about or whether it's just a new perspective, just in the line at the grocery store, let alone, you know, there's just so many different ways to enhance your world. Just get our heads out of our phones. Get the head out of the phone. I love that. You say that a few times. So, uh, you also don't have an issue being persistent. And uh, could we talk about that for a moment? Because I think that's another word that people consider to be dirty. Persistence is aggravating. It's annoying. I think persistence can be pleasant yeah. if you do it right. So could I'm sure you do it right. Could you tell us a little bit about how you approach being persistent? Yeah. I mean, I think persistence is powerful. Somebody called me not a client. It was a coworker called me aggressive a couple of weeks ago. Oh. And, and I was like, that is the best compliment you could ever give me. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's our job, right? We're aggressive. We have a voice. We're assertive. We speak up. There's 
no one ever says that to a man, right? Oh, you're too aggressive. Like there's, there's right. nothing wrong with being persistent. And there is an art to persistence, I think. I mean, I think mm-hmm. every, every piece of persistence is just a little knock, knock on the door. So if you're constantly following up or being persistent in the exact same way, that's super annoying. But if you're being consistent and being strategic about the timing of it and the technique, you know, the, um, the technique of it, then it's better. So, you know, from a follow-up standpoint, I like to follow up with a video from my phone. It doesn't have to be pretty, just, Hey, this was a great conversation here. Are a couple things I took from it. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sometimes I'll follow up on LinkedIn. Sometimes I'll follow up with a handwritten note. I mean, I think persistence can be just a knock, knock. And if it's done over a period of time, you're just staying on someone's radar. And the other thing is persistence. You don't have to ask for the business every single time. People know you want the business, you know, you can just give unconditional love and just follow up with people because you genuinely like them or you're genuinely interested in them. And that's a form of persistence too, I think. Absolutely. 1000% because it's not about, it's about timing. Usually, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have, you call and the need just happens to be right there. So the persistence helps you to be front of mind mm-hmm. when in fact the need, you know, comes to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I, I, I want to add, because what I took away from that as well is that you, you change it up so yeah. that it isn't annoying. I get an email from a particular um, artist every single day. It starts prior to the holidays, it's the exact same email for years. Mm-hmm. And I get what it in my think? inbox every single day. And I don't, I just click, I trash, trash, you know, because I don't need to see this every day. I know you're out there. Um, but I like that you be different. You can, you can, you can be persistent, but be different. Yeah. And don't you delete emails like that? It's it, There's some muscle memory there. You delete mm-hmm. the emails that you see all the time. And so if someone's always going to follow up with you every Monday at 10 a.m., you're probably going to delete it because you're like, I know exactly what this says. And I this doesn't bring any value to me. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring any value to it. So one less email. So I, right. there's, um, have you heard of a speaker? Uh, sh- her name is Erin King. Um, she just spoke at our HPN conference last week. And she she dropped a nugget that I thought was really powerful. She said, she wrote a book called Digital Persuasion. And she said, the first, you have 10 words in an email to capture someone's attention. So she showed examples of just, hi, how are you? Hope you're well, hope you're great. Right. What we and all it's do. It's just like, hi, how are I hope you're great. And, uh, and it's like the first 10 words are everything. And that, and that was just last week. That's really fresh on my mind. So that's, helped me recraft some of my, how my opening emails are too. It's like, what, what am I doing in those first 10 words to grab someone's attention or to keep them reading more? Are you finding email to be a valid source of uh, responses to those? Are you getting responses to them? Are, is it, is it a, a, a successful approach for you using email? Email. Yeah. But I, I mix it up too. I love a phone call. I love an email. I don't leave voice messages. I just call until, you know, I can't, cause I think you give somebody a, an opportunity to say no. Yes. If you leave a message. Um, I like emails. It's how you, social media. I've been getting a ton of news through direct messages on social media and it's not from any solicitation I'm doing. It's just from 
this, my social media content that people are reaching out to me and they'll be like, Hey, I just saw you posted something about Atlanta. Do you know somebody that can help me? I got a meeting to do in Atlanta. I'm like me, I can help you with that yeah. meeting in Atlanta. <laughs> so I've, I've had a lot of um, luck with DMs over the last year with wow. some social media strategies. You just said it, you didn't say it before. So I would love um, to just repeat it again. And that is you didn't leave a message when you called Patty over and over again. You waited mm -hmm. until you got her on the phone. Yeah. That That's the nugget that I took away when I was listening to your book, because it's awkward to leave a message, mm -hmm. right? It feels weird. And you just know, you're right. You just know somebody's not going to call you back when you leave a message. So you keep the power by not leaving a message and calling and calling and calling back. Brilliant strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the pursuit keeps the pursuit active for yourself too, because that can be daunting. Like how many times you prospecting for business and you leave a message and then you feel sad because no one's calling you back. And it's like, well, if I didn't leave a message, no one's, I'm not worried about anybody calling me back because I'm going to hunt them. I'm going to pursue them. It's it, it, it changes how I view that activity too. So I have a question for you. What do you say to the person such as myself, who is a little shy, even though I'm a performer, I'm very, very shy and calling it can be difficult. So I want to leave. I, I'm, I'm almost that person that goes, please don't answer. Please don't answer. Please that's, don't answer. Let me leave a message. That's right? normal. That's normal. Yeah. Right. So how do you combat that? How would you train coach somebody out of that? Yeah. Well, a couple of things. Um, and I, I literally do this. Like I do sales coaching for people that want to make prospecting calls. So I love talking about this, but, um, I, you know, I always recommend find your voice. Like if you don't like to be on the phones, don't be on the phones, you know, find something that works for you. Maybe that's email. Maybe it's networking and maybe it's, maybe it's you and a bunch of pals going to networking events all the time, you know, like just find what you like and do that. And, and if you have to make a prospecting call, then I always recommend preparing your lists in advance and going into what I call the closet, but it's really just a private dark space that you have no distractions um, not dark. You want to see light, but just no distractions kind of space. <laughs> Notifications. It might off. feel dark, but <laughs> it does feel dark. Yes. It feels so dark and lonely. Yeah. Yes. Um, but like, and, and just powering through, you know, just do a power hour and dial 20 times and, and then you'll get, you'll get better and better at it. And um, for a lot of shy people too, sometimes uh, I suggest writing a script because the more comfortable you get with saying these things out loud, now your first couple of calls are going to stink because people are going to understand. They're, they're going to know you're reading a script. Yes. But the more comfortable you get audiating that, right? Saying that out loud. Sometimes you take a drive and you're saying it, you're in the shower, you're practicing it. The more comfortable you get with that script, the more comfortable you'll be on the phone. And just mm -hmm. remember, like, you know more about your product than the person on the other end. The, the worst they could say is no. But no is just, you know, one step closer to yes. So they're just helping you. They're helping you find that yes. How do you deal with the no and the rejection? You said earlier that you go into the call, you went into a call, you were totally prepared to be rejected. What does that feel like? How do you do that? I mean, I feel like I'm prepared to be rejected all the time with everything. <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I, maybe I that's why you're so happy. Yeah, no like expectations. I have no expectations. Like my assumption is everybody, you know, it, uh, I have a friend who talks about how she's like, well, so-and-so didn't invite me and da, 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 da. I'm like, I don't even think like that. I assume 
that I can, if I want to go somewhere, I'll crash crash a party. Like, I don't assume I'm not invited. I don't assume people don't want to work, don't want the business I'm working on. And if they do, if they'd say no, then they've got a good reason. And that's okay. You know, it's like, I don't, I'm not afraid of rejection. And I assume I'm always going to be rejected. But for me, that's just information. Like, I just feel like, no, why? Oh, okay. That's interesting. That's just information that helps me get to a yes eventually. And fulfill that curiosity, yeah, which is how you approach, which is disarming. Because again, the focus is on the information and not on the business, yeah. right? So if somebody says no and why, and you say, oh, that's interesting, you're, you're buying into them and you're showing them that you're listening and you're connecting with them in a way that might not have been possible or wouldn't be possible if you hadn't called to begin with. So you're right. You are closer than you were before. Yeah. And I thank people, you know, um, sometimes people say, you know, we decide not to work with you. And I always thank Mm -hmm. people. I'm like, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's so much better to be told no than to be ghosted. Yes. So I'll just say that. Thank you so much for letting me know. And Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that you found, uh, you know, a, a solution that best works for you. And if anything at all changes or if you have any questions along the way, let me know. Like, I'm happy to be a resource. I don't, I don't think no has to be adversarial either. You know, no, right. Turn into a yes. I like that you, you know, you, you prepare to be rejected. I'm in this course of study. And before we begin, we always say no attachments, no expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way I think to approach with sales as well. Yeah. And it's like, um, do you follow Don Miguel Ruiz at all? Or have you read any of his books? Um, he wrote this book called the four agreements. Uh-huh. And one of those four agreements is don't take anything personally, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, everybody's got something that they're working with. They're noodling on something, something's everyone's struggling or in some pain or in some level of happiness. Right. And so much of their stuff has nothing to do with you. Even mm-hmm. if they're jerks, like right. so much of their stuff has nothing to do with you. So I, It's hard, but I really try and practice that because if I, if I uh, consumed all of the negativity and all that other stuff that comes my way, your way, all of our ways every day, I mean, it could, it could be debilitating. And I just, I don't want to personally live that way for myself. And you share that as a, as a, uh, a necessity to being successful. And that is having a positive outlook. Yeah. It is. Right. And you just said you, you don't you don't go into something assuming they don't want to work with you or they don't want what you have to offer, which, first of all, you don't make assumptions. That's another one of the four agreements. But <laughs> it also puts you in a position to not feel stressed about making the call to begin with. Oh, they don't want this. Oh, I'm just, you know, wasting time. Yeah, that's dirty self-talk. It is. And we all do that though. Don't you think? I mm-hmm. mean, I'm guilty of it too. We all are these, like these self graders and we're all like, well, they don't want to talk to me or they don't, you know, like, and, and, and it, it creeps in. Like I, it's a practice to be positive. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, um, and I think it's, it's a lot, the default behavior for, I think most of us is like the negative self-talk, right? You have to practice positivity to really be able to exercise it consistently. Part of that is, is being grateful for you. Yes. Do you have affirmations that you say daily? How do you stay positive? You know, I don't have daily affirmations, but, um, I have, so tomorrow, for example, the day before Thanksgiving, 
every year I do the ceremony of the thorns. And that is where I pick the things that bad, were bad that happened this year. Mm-hmm. And I announce them like, so I'll take a rock or a flower, something, something of the earth, go outside, whether it's a bridge or a backyard or whatever, and I'll pluck something off of it. And that'll be, I'll announce it. Here's the bad thing that happened this year and something good that came from the bad thing. Because I think mm-hmm. most of our power comes from pain. And, um, and you know, I, I try and it's easy to be grateful for the stuff we know we're grateful for, but some of our best growth comes from the struggle. And I, I really, really try and be just really authentic about it. You know, like instead of how are you, I try and ask what made you laugh today? Um, I, I really want people to be authentic with me. I try and be as authentic as I can. And I think that's a part of being positive too, because that's a, a muscle that you're flexing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just look for the good. I just try, I just try and look for the good. There is good in every, even the crappiest stuff. There is good in everything. Mm-hmm. And then if I can't possibly find it, then I just give myself some grace and some space to feel that, you know, like, hey, I can't find anything good about this. Eventually I will. But I'm just going to give myself that that space to feel what I'm feeling right now and, and mm-hmm. either heal or or move through it in the tumultuous way sometimes mm-hmm. we do, but always knowing that there is going to be something good eventually about it. Mm. So let's switch gears for a moment. Okay. I have to ask you, what is boobiful? You Boob- are boobiful. Oh. <laughs> That's a coffee cup. <laughs> Yes, it's a coffee cup. My friend, my friend, Lori, who I call Kitty Cat, Lori Kitty Cat gave that to me. And it's a, I wish I had it in here. It's a coffee cup that has just a bunch of boobs on it. And it says you're boobiful. And and the meaning is there, there's no meaning. It's just a fun coffee cup. It's it's just, I found it funny. Yeah, it's just a fun coffee cup. You know, Lori is um, a gal pal I met. She's from Ohio too. I met her when I moved out here to San Diego. We were both, we were at a a mission beach party. I was with some guy friends. She was with some girlfriends. My guy friends were hitting on her girlfriends. And we were both at the end of the night, like, when is this, when can we go home? But we were waiting for them to exchange numbers. And uh, I was kind of bored. She was kind of bored. And we just struck up a conversation and we just became, oh, I think I gave her my pager number, by the way. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then we had a dinner uh, the next day at the City Deli, actually, at Hillcrest. Wow. And um, and then we just became gal pals ever since. But she's, I'm sure you've, everybody has that friend. Yes. That like, they don't, nothing has to be explained. And mm-hmm. um, like, she just got that for me for Christmas or birthday or something without a note. And I was just like, this is hilarious. You know, it's just one of those. <laughs> So now you have to go to Ikea and buy her the boob lamp. Oh, I didn't know there was a boob lamp. Well, it, it's not intended to be, but I set it up when I moved and I, I, I bought four of them, two table and two torsiers, and they're really cute. Oh. And I put them up and my daughter goes, it looked like boobs. <laughs> so now when you look at it, that's all you see. Are they flesh colored? What color are they? I, I have black and I have white. Okay, it's just okay. the little shape and the cutout and the you're right. So they are officially known in our house as the boob lamp. That's wow. hilarious. All right. I'll have to check that out. Thanks for that tip. <laughs> You're welcome. So Mandy, you say that you cut through the red tape with a machete. Yeah. How do you do that? Is it your, your, uh, your um, uh, relationships or is it something more than that? I just don't want to waste time on things that don't move things forward. 
So I feel like I can very clearly see if there's going to be a bunch of gobbledygook and something. And I just, I literally, from a vision standpoint, I just move things aside to get to the core of whatever that is. Um, and it, I do, it feels like it's, it's, you know how red tape can be. It does feel like you need a machete or a chainsaw or mm-hmm. a torch or something to get mm-hmm. through it. Um, but I, 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 I feel like I can really clearly see when this is going to be a really thick process and it needs some chopping down. Mm. So I want to ask you on the same vein, do you consider yourself a, a rule breaker or a rule follower? Oh, I'm a rule breaker. That's it's what so I'm awful. thinking. My husband it gives me so many rules and he should. That's probably why we've been together so long. I need rules. And um, and I do why? Like, so you have something to break? I don't know. I so just you can need, get your machete out. I did, I need my yeah, I mean my machete. I, I think I think some level of confinement is good for me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be all over the place. But I also like the um erraticness of the thought process of creativity and stuff too. So I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. I'll follow the rules if I mean from a law standpoint, I'm a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> but just wants um, to make that clear. I just want to make that clear in case the popo's listening. But, um, <laughs> but but I I I um I think you know there's always some movement. There's always yeah. some bend here or there in a lot of the rules that are out there for all of us. What about you guys? Are you rule followers? Are you rule breakers? Oh, that's a good question. I I think we're both rule followers, to be honest Such with you. Such a rule follower. Yeah. Annoyingly so. Mm-hmm. And unless I look at it and go, that's just really dumb. Yeah. So I always tell my daughter, if I say break it, you know it's okay. Because <laughs> I will follow the dumbest rule. But if I get them in that point, you're fine. Is she a rule breaker, rule follower? She used to be a super rule follower and now she's not quite as much. She's finding her voice. So mm. she's 10 steps ahead of me. Is is this something that it's all or nothing? Like if you only don't follow some rules, then you're still a rule follower. Or if you follow, if you don't follow some rules, then you're absolutely not a rule follower. Is this an all or nothing situation? I don't think so. I mean, for me, I don't think so because there are times where there's rules and I respect the rules and I'll follow the rules, but there's times if I see rules that I'm like, ah, doesn't make sense. Let's figure something else out. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's all or nothing for me. I don't know. What about you guys? It doesn't feel all or nothing for me. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. It's not all or nothing because Mm -hmm. there are some rules that feel really foolhardy and have no intrinsic purpose really other than to aggravate and annoy people. I mean, there are some rules like that. Yeah. Or certain people just like to, make the rules too. And you're like, well, that's good for you, but not for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. no, I mean, I just did this recently. I did not follow a traditional way, the rule of doing something of writing a letter, uh, writing and I, it helped me. Mm. Oh. I think the only time it doesn't help is when the law is concerned, because yeah. mm-hmm. then you want to follow it. You, you know. want to follow, you want to be right. a yes. exactly. citizen. Yeah. Again, so I'd like, listening. I'd like to share something with you. Okay. A roller coaster, twisting, turning, up and down. Life is but a ride. I wrote that in your honor. Oh, it's my haiku. It sounds like a haiku. It's five, seven, five <laughs> rhyme scheme. Yep. Good job. Oh, my gosh. 
Can we, can I, can you email that to me or I'll, I'll listen to it and write it down. I love that. Thank I will you. email it to you. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, it, you inspired me when, when you started your book with a haiku and I thank thought, oh, I okay, I'm going to have to write a haiku for tomorrow. Aww, uh, thank so you. I wrote a haiku. So I would absolutely love to share it with you. Thank you so much for wanting it. I think we need a haiku corner for the podcast now. Yes, we do haiku. Ooh. I was al- almost going to start with haiku. Hi, John. But it didn't go anywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> Q is really not a name. <laughs> Nobody's going to well, get that. Well, it's funny. You know, I started I, the book with the, the audio book with the haiku is I used to listen to all these audiobooks and I never knew when they started because it was like ISBN number, blah, 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 dedication to John all this stuff. And then they go right into the book and I would miss the preface because I was tuned out by the, you know, all the, the goggly booth. I was like, I, don't, I can't tune in. And then I would miss the front part. So I wanted to be very clear. The book was starting and we're starting with the yes. <laughs> yeah, That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works. It works. You say a salesperson is a listener, an educator, a problem solver, and a consultant, mm-hmm. right? We yes. didn't, I didn't ask this question uh, earlier when I should have, but would you like to expound a little bit on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think there's all these things out there that we want to buy or we need to buy or things available to us. And when we interact with someone that can enhance that buying experience and guide us to a better, more a deeper buying experience. That's just what salespeople do. And when you work on the craft of sales and you work on being a good listener and you work on being an educator, I mean, there are sometimes things that I didn't know about, but I had a great salesperson educate me a little bit deeper on something. And then I can make the choice whether I want to invest in that or not. Mm -hmm. And then a consultant to guide you through the process, especially right now especially in our industry, Mm, especially now in our industry, right? Like it's an avalanche of business. Everybody's short staffed. Everything's transactional. But if the salespeople on the other side, just take a second to be like, our customers need to understand the market conditions. They need to understand supply chain. They need to understand labor and food and beverage issues and construction issues. They need, if, if they understood this, they may be more evolved buyers. And we have the opportunity to do that with our customers. Like our customers, they want the knowledge right now. They really, really do, Mm -hmm. but we're transacting um, so Mm -hmm. quickly. And I, and I really think if you listen and you guide and you consult and you educate that, that you're going to have customers for life. If you focus on those things, instead of just like a quick sale, you know, quick transaction. And and part of that education is educating yourself and knowing what's out there, what your competitors are doing, yes. what product is out there that you can add to your your uh, your product sales. You know, whatever is out there, you really need to know, and that's when you can start to educate people. Yeah, and and be the thought leader. Really, really understand. Know thy competition. 
and sell against thy competition it, with uh, with integrity. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you for that. Selling against the competition is really easy when mm-hmm. you are very well versed on the market, right? When mm-hmm. you really know what's going on, you can say why your product's better without saying anything bad about the competition. You're just pointing out the three reasons why you're better knowing those three reasons are why your competition isn't great, but you don't ever have to say your competitor's name. Right. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, no, I, I do think, you know, really striving to be a thought leader in whatever industry you have and sharing that unconditionally sharing that information with your customers, whether buying from you or not currently just arms them and makes them better buyers too. And you say something very important. You don't have to denigrate your competition. No, no way. In fact, I am less likely to want to engage with you if the first words out of your mouth are, well, you know, you shouldn't buy from these. You shouldn't do this because they're this, they're that. I'll turn around and walk away. I agree. I, I do the same thing. That Now that is cringy to me. Mm-hmm. Cringy. Yeah. Very cringy. Yeah. yeah. And it I shows agree. a lack of confidence in your product, your ability, your service. Yeah, totally. I agree. So on a personal note, Mandy, um, I actually know where you live. Ooh. I hope that doesn't scare you. <laughs> well, Are you coming over? I, should I some, might. I, should I take just my might. Jam pants off. What? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have, and we have actually had Joe on the show, but we have friends that live a few houses away from you on Hillendale. No way. Yes, uh, Joe. Oh, I can't think of Joe's last name. D'Angelo. Uh, Whitaker. Well, so, Joe Whitaker should, uh, and his partner Colin live uh in the in the eight thousands, I think, in that no area. No way. Yeah. I know people by their dogs. Do they have any animals? They have a dog, yes. Okay. okay. They have a dog, but I I couldn't tell you the name of the dog or That's the okay. Yeah. But I'll find out. Find out. Yeah, find out. Because then I can share that with you. Although I'm getting a note from D'Angelo right now saying Oh, not at the house right now. Oh, they're not at the house right now. Okay. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. N- nonetheless, uh, it's oh, time. Oh, wow. It's getting, it's getting good. The, 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 dog the, the dog is with the ex. D'Angelo, tell me more. Where's the ex? <laughs> yeah, where's the ex? <laughs> In this week's Belotified Telenovela. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. Let me put the other foot in my mouth then. Uh, <laughs> You said you could edit, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. But we may not. It's funny. It's funny. It's so funny. <laughs> so I think we have to get to the nitty gritty. All right, let's do that it. That means that we're coming to <gasps> the Belotified Five. All right, Mandy, what is your golden rule? Mm, stay curious. Curiosity is a superpower. Mm-hmm. It really is. What is the what is one of your daily habits that you believe contributes to your success? I wake up in the morning as cheesy as it sounds and I give my husband a hug and a kiss even though he's still sleeping and I give my dog a hug and a kiss and then I RPM rise pee meditate. <laughs> Those are even if it's just for 5 minutes of silence I I I meditate. R-P-M. R-P-M. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> I stole it from a woman named Mona. I can't remember her last name, but she's uh, she was uh, 
she she spoke somewhere at one of my things that I belong to, and I thought I'm gonna steal that. So RPM. Mm-hmm. That means I have to change my morning habit. I can't make making my bed the very first thing anymore. <laughs> well, you could do the RPM after the bed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, what are the things you tell yourself when no one is listening? Ooh, you can do this. You got mm. this. <laughs> That's probably the anxiety disorder talking, but yeah, you can do this and you got this. Well, I think it's working for you because yeah. you can do it and you have got it. Thank so uh, I think so. It's the sage words. And I think more of us can use those words, honestly, because the self-talk is really what pulls you through, right? Yeah, agreed. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? 33. 33. Why? <laughs> it's round. Well, it's right. And it rhymes. So I always rhyme for my birthday. And that was my favorite rhyme. Easy breezy 33 Z. And I really do felt like I was at my easiest and breeziest at 33 Z. So I, 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 I like that. I like I, that. It, I wouldn't want to be in my twenties again. That was miserable. Um, yeah. But I hard. started figuring things out a little bit in my thirties. You can't be, you, I'm not going to go there, but you still look like you're in your thirties. I'm just, I saying. would say you're 33 now. Yeah, I would say so too. I'm 47. I just turned 47. Wow. Yeah. When did you just turn 47? August 9th. August 9th. Happy birthday. Thank Late, wow. but you know. Yeah. You're looking good, kiddo. Yes. Thank you. So are you're you, kiddo, good. birthday well, boy? Thank, well, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So. What is your why? Oh boy. I mean, I, my why, I just, I want to find the good and be the good. And uh, that's not always easy to do, but yeah, I just look for the good and celebrate it. Mm, that is beautiful. <laughs> do you know Sherry Karpinski? I do. That's how we met. That's how I met you? That's how we met. Yeah, because she introduced us 22 years ago, more than I was at the Sheraton San Diego. She was my boss in the catering department. And we used um, Balada Entertainment all the time. Yes. And she introduced me to you at a a NACE function or something like that. God, this we're talking years, years and years ago. A long time ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's, she's been on this program. Oh, she has. I oh, yes. That. I'll have to listen. And, and we were friend we're friends and yeah. uh, she's, she's a delight. Is, she's delightful. And we're going to hope to see you on December 9th, since you're local. If you're not already uh, occupied that night, we are having a house party. We'd love to have you at Oh, uh, and fun. Sherry will be there with her donuts. Oh my God. I love Sherry. I love seeing Sherry. I saw her at, well, you know, Stacy, Stacy Tyrus Jones. Mm-hmm. I saw her at her and Dan's anniversary party a couple of years ago. It was the last time I saw her. Wow. And we chatted. It, I felt bad. They were giving toasts and I hadn't seen Sherry in years. And we, <laughs> she and I were just chatting in the corner and it was, <laughs> it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I'm sure she had a lot to talk about. She's uh, she's been going through some things. Yeah. Yeah. But she's a good kid. She's a yeah. good mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else you'd like to share with us before we say thank you? Any any last words of wisdom? I mean, just thank you for doing this show and having me on here. You have always been a pillar in our industry and you always set the tone. And I think so many people have come after you. 
that are trying to, you know, do what you do and you, you, you are amazing. So just thank you for being you and doing what you do. It's, um, it's always great to chat with you, even if it's 20 years in between. Right. And, and for the listeners, mm-hmm. Anthony is going to be on my show. We'll announce the dates in a couple weeks, but listen in for him on my show. I'm excited about that. I'm very excited. I am too. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's, I was so excited for this interview and I'm just going to carry the smile with me the rest of the day. You, you're just pure joy. Thank you. So are you. you So much. And Alex, great to meet you. It's nice to meet you. The Greek traditions. Thank hey. you for that. Thank you for that. I'm glad you enjoyed that. My yaya-isms. Yes. I like the yaya-isms. Hey, thank you for listening to Bolotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast. Bolotified is a production of Bolotta Entertainment. Hey, that's a lot of Bolotta. Stay engaging. Stay engaging.